can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So Joe, I don't know if you've gone and read some recent reviews of Beauty IQ, yes, but we've I have. got a lot of people saying they love the dating in the Netflix chat. Yeah. Uh, someone did also say that they were, uh, I think they said, deeply disturbed by how I spoke about my cat. And I reflected on that. (laughs) (laughs) All I said, I said in that episode we were talking about, um, I think it was smells that you like. I said, I like my cat's breath. Other people said that too, by the way. (laughs) Um, And I also said, sometimes I kiss them on the mouth. And I meant face. Like I don't like hash my cat. But um, I really liked her review. That was really funny. But I yeah. feel like anytime we bring up, I'm just going to always bring up negative reviews because then the OG fans always yeah, come to that defense and make they? me feel better. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. Thanks for the reassurance. I have dating news. So yeah, okay. I am chatting to this guy on Hinge. Mm. And last night, I literally sent you a text and in cap, all in capitals. And I said, Are you catfishing me on Hinge? <laughs> Because literally, everyone listening, this guy could take over from Joe on this podcast and (laughs) no one would miss a beat. He's so funny. Like, he's you. Like, everything he says, like, our banter, it's the best banter I think I've ever had on a dating app. You should date him. He's so funny. Like, him and I are having, like, exactly like the chats that you and I have. Like, really. I laugh out loud as I'm reading and I send back ha-ha in capital so he knows that I'm laughing really loudly. <laughs> so I basically told him oh, I host this beauty podcast and he's like, oh, like, would I be into it? And I was like, oh, no, probably not your vibe unless you have a 10-step skincare routine I don't know about. Because this is where I was like, okay, this is Joe has put some random guy's photos up and she's <laughs> pretending to be him. <laughs> So he goes, well, Hannah, I'll have you know, I have a fairly decent skincare routine. I have some retinol moisturizer, including under eye moisturizer, and I cleanse and exfoliate as necessary. Wow. What the hell? I said, you are not a man. You are a unicorn. (laughs) Um, And he said, I take my skin seriously. And that's when I was like, surely this man is not real. Like I was just like blown away. It reminds me of those people that have been messaging, a couple of girls messaged me saying that their boyfriends take photos, selfies after they do their skincare routines when their skin's really glowy and they send it to their girlfriends. Oh, my God. That's hot. I know. (laughs) So hot. Can you imagine? (laughs) Um, yeah, no, that happened to me recently because you know how I have that sunscreen prompt on my hinge? Yeah. This guy replied and was like, oh, I only use ultraviolet. And I was like, hang on. Wow. <laughs> hang on a second. Up. <laughs> hold up. Let's take a back step. How how's this happened? Yes. Well, this guy's, I honestly was like, I, I actually just, the first thing I thought when we started having this combo was like, he could totally take over from you and yeah. we wouldn't well, miss a beat. Look, if I'm sick, he can absolutely stand in. I would allow that for sure. 
He's going to have to get past Matt and Eddie first because I feel like they yes, be standing true. in as my replacements. But <laughs> <laughs> So what is on today's episode, Joe? So on today's episode, we are talking about hot flushes with our resident GP, Dr. Lucinda, and we have a special guest joining us as well. Mm. Uh, and then we're talking about cleansers with Yads Couchy, who is one of the co-hosts of Dermal Diaries over on Bite Size Beauty. And of course, our products we didn't know we needed. So we haven't had our uh, resident GP, Dr. Lucinda, on for a while, but today she's back and we have a special guest with us as well to talk about hot flushes. So we've got Dr. Lucinda <laughs> and Linda. <laughs> My mum, Linda, just in case anyone's what, unsure. Uh, everyone knows who Linda is. Huh? You don't need to. <laughs> Four people's going to be a real challenge for me. Okay. Anyway, I'll give oh, it a I'm go. Loving this. <laughs> well, I think, Linda, I mean, we've got some questions here to ask, but you're probably the only one out of the three of us that has actually experienced hot flushes. So can you describe what a hot flush feels like for us? Well, I had plenty last night whilst <laughs> I was asleep and it basically just sort of for me starts at my feet and runs through my whole body. So then my back starts to get wet <laughs> and then my neck and then it's like my head is sort of going to explode oh. with heat. Uh, it's just absolutely awful. Um, that sounds so uncomfortable. We were at a restaurant one day and she's like, hold on and she just ran and got she forgot to bring her little Kmart fan with her so she ran and got oh. yeah she ran hey but Bunnings Bunnings, Bunnings fan Bunnings. Okay. <laughs> so she ran and got her a menu and I'm like are you ordering something she's like no and she's just furiously fanning herself oh. and I said to her I'm like doesn't it feel like you're always in Thailand and she's like no that is not oh. what it feels like <laughs> no it's not it's not that pleasant, warm feeling. It's just awful. And if you're in the middle of talking to someone, you actually can't even concentrate on yeah. what they're, they're saying. You just, all you want to do is get in a cold shower or stand outside. Wow. It's just, yeah. So would you say a really great. good tip is to have one of those handheld fans? Oh, my goodness. Got to have a handheld fan. I've got a big <laughs> fan in the bedroom. I've got a mini fan next to my bed, which I had on and off all night because it's a bit its a bit too cold to have the big fan on for Rob. Um, <laughs> yeah, just lots of fans. Yeah, wow. That's all you can do. I can't believe we mm. have to do this shit, honestly. What, either, what ever happens to men? Honestly, <laughs> they it's can get so unfair. Hot flushes too. <laughs> Do they get hot flushes as well? They can, like, because um, uh, with time, they can sort of like their testosterone levels and their male hormone sex levels they can reduce. Um, or if they're on prostate cancer treatment, um, which does exactly the same thing, so they can also get hot flushes right. as a result of that. But obviously, we're more at risk, hmm. so we're much more, much more. Yeah. To get sort of hot flushes. Well, this is where you come in, Dr. Lucinda. So, can you talk to us a little bit about hot flushes? What causes them? Well, there's loads of causes. Well, obviously, we are much, much more aware of the menopausal kind of link with hot flushes, but um, there's other things that can cause it as well. So I'll go through them in a, all in a bit. But with menopause, for example, what the evidence is showing is that it is related to the drop in the estrogen, most likely, which basically has an impact on a gland in our brain that helps us regulate our body temperature. And that's something called the hypothalamus gland. And what that does, it makes our brain think that it's too hot. So what it does, it sends over like a series of actions to help us to release all of this heat from the body. So, and that sort of makes our blood vessels near to the skin surface dilate so that more heat can go off. So there's more surface area to do so. 
But then in that process, you, as you mentioned, you can feel very flustered, you can get very hot and sweaty, your heart can race. Um, but it's basically your body trying to cool you down. Mm. Right. Because I feel like I get hot flushes and I'm 28. Yes. And I feel like I get hot flushes when I'm really anxious. Yes. So like you said, um, there's lots of different things that can cause it. So for example, with anxiety and stress, that's when your body goes through its fight, fight or flight response, which basically increases your blood flow to the muscles and also increases your heart rate, which causes flushing as well. And then there's other things like other medical conditions, like more commonly thyroid problems or uncontrolled diabetes, if you've got an infection, some neurological conditions. But obviously those are things that your GP will pick up on and test in your blood tests. Other things like medications that you could be started on, like really strong painkillers like opioids, some antidepressants, some osteoporosis treatments, different types of things. But essentially, you know if that's the case because you'd have just been started on it. And um, within the first month, basically, of treatment, you'll know whether or not you're having those side effects from it or whether or not they're going away. And if not, obviously, you talk to your GP about if it if it's something that you can't really handle too well. Other things like food, actually. So caffeine, alcohol, additives like sulfites and nitrates um, and spicy foods, these can all activate your blood vessels to dilate again. And then things like if you've got a bit of excess weight, the fat actually acts as an insulator. So it affects your ability to release the heat from your body because it's like that extra layer. And then as you mentioned perfectly, um, sort of like having like at nighttime, like you can get much warmer actually at night with your bed sheets and um, if you've got heating on or anything or if you've got thick clothing on. So it's trying to sort of adjust those things that can help. And lastly, some supplements such as like vitamin B can actually um, cause hot flushes. And so if you're supposed to be on vitamin B for a deficiency, just have a chat maybe with your GP about maybe reducing the dose. But I know quite a few people take vitamin B generally as a supplement, so it might be worth thinking about as well. Linda, when did, how long have you been going? Like, I feel like ever since I've known you, this has been going on. (laughs) You literally, she stopped the conversation and she's like, Sorry, I can't. I can't talk to you right now. And then well, you- I had. I was on. I was on HRT for five years and definitely stopped all of that. And then I gradually, because I was told by sixty I need to be off it, which I am. So I reduced it slowly. So every second day, and then every third day until I was off it. And and the flushes are reduced. And it's winter, so I'm a bit worried what's going to happen in summer, but they are still there. So I'm not sure. Obviously, I can't take HRT anymore, but I'm not sure what else I can do except just go through it and hope that it doesn't keep going for another 10 years. <laughs> well, interesting. Could it? Well, this is the thing. So I've got patients who are in their 80s and they still <gasps> have menopausal no! symptoms. It's, look, it's, it's no! rare, but it does occur. <laughs> but the thing is, is that... Um, there's no hard and fast rule in relation to actually like stopping your HRT at 60. Um, it's just that there are some increased potential risks of developing blood clots or breast cancer, for example. And so if you're under the supervision, for example, of a menopause specialist or a gynecologist, they can definitely sort of still prescribe HRT. And so I, I definitely know patients who are on HRT and they're 80 years old. Wow. Um, wow. And so it's just a matter of 
understanding and balancing risks. And the thing is, is that it's not just the risk of medication, it's your overall risk. So are you a smoker? Do you um, have a lot of excess weight? Are you generally a healthy person? Things like that. So for anyone in the audience who doesn't know what HRT is, it's hormone replacement therapy. Dr. Lucinda, can you talk to us a little bit about that? What does that involve? So yeah, sure. So um, hormone replacement therapy in sort of menopause involves sort of using estrogen and progesterone or just estrogen alone. We generally only use estrogen alone if you've um, not got a womb whatsoever, because um, if you just have estrogen, it can increase the lining of the womb, which can predispose you to womb cancer. And that's why the progesterone's there to help stop that from happening basically but then there are things like estrogen gels that you can use um, but that's normally if you just have like vaginal dryness type of symptoms so you can use that internally or on the thighs so like that's sort of an option but essentially with HRT it is the gold standard treatment for menopausal symptoms because menopause by definition is a reduced amount or a deficiency in those kind of hormones like estrogen specifically is the big one that it causes most of our symptoms there so that's hrt basically why does this happen to us why do these hormones like i get it's because like we're not having children at Mm. that age but like couldn't we just have them forever so that we don't have these symptoms? why it's basically our ovaries basically go into they just get older and older and they just get sort of tired (laughs) they stop making these hormones like they should um so that's kind of basically i guess we're probably living longer as well maybe they didn't account for this in evolution (laughs) they were just like no they'll all be dead by 40 anyway it doesn't matter oh my god that is brilliant (laughs) oh wow so, Linda, yeah. what other um, what other symptoms do you experience like throughout menopause? So you're still having the hot flushes, even though you would have already gone through menopause largely. Yes, no, I felt I felt that's right. I'm well, well past ten years past last period. So, but and and I think a lot of older people get night sweats. I mean, certainly my husband Rob gets very hot at night, so I don't think that's unusual. Didn't get any mood swings. I've heard you can get headaches. Um, anxiety. I didn't have any of that. Speaking of, you know, vaginal dryness I've heard of, well, I'm happy to to have uh, dried out a bit. <laughs> that is, that's a bit oh, my God, <laughs> cut that out. No. <laughs> that is brilliant. I'm presuming, you know, if you're still having sex in your 60s, you're probably using lubricants. So what exactly. does it really this matter? This is not mm. the conversation that I want to be having on this podcast, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> she has to listen to your dating stories, Hannah. I have to listen to your <laughs> shit all day, every day. <laughs> um, so, Dr. Lucinda, how long does menopause usually last for? Like, how long are we expecting to go through this shit? Honestly, it really, really varies. They've done studies on this and they say that, you know, it can last anywhere between sort of, you know, two years to eight years. But really, there's actually interesting, there's one factor that's very interesting, which can predict how long things might last for. And that's when your symptoms start. So if they start in the premenopausal, perimenopausal phase where you're still having periods, it's felt that you will most likely have it for longer. Um, Uh. Whereas if it happens after you finish all of your periods, um, it felt like it's not last as long. But look, like I said earlier, I've got patients in the 80s. It is rare. But around the sort of four to eight years is generally the mark. But everyone is totally different with how they experience menopause. And some people may not experience 
any symptoms whatsoever. So it's it's totally different for everybody. So for me, do you have any recommendations or I just need to lose a bit of weight and deal with <laughs> well, it? The, I think if um, HRT really, really helped you, I think I would definitely recommend seeing a menopause specialist again, getting their opinion. Mm, I never uh, did Did you that. only have it through your mm. GP? Just GP and I had two GPs, different ones, who both said that's enough. So, that, so I thought, oh, well, they... They've recommended that. Mm, I think that was potentially because that uh, beyond that period of time might be out of their own expert field, if that makes sense. So yeah. I think if you saw a, a menopause specialist um, uh, and you can find one on the Australasian Menopause Society page, or you can just see a gynecologist that has a special interest in menopause, I would definitely recommend seeing them. Um, mm, that's a good tip. And also that website, Australasian Menopause Society, has so much information and it's really easy to read so I definitely recommend everyone going on there and checking it out but there are things that you know as you mentioned that you can do as well like in the meantime just to try and help out which are good and things to do anyway so things like trying to have a healthy diet to help maintain a good weight um, avoiding things like spicy foods excess alcohol and caffeine which can aggravate those hot flushes there's actually some really good evidence for vitamin E um, rich foods and that can basically decrease the number of hot flushes per day and that's in things like fish and some nuts and seeds things like regular exercise uh, so Linda. the recommended dose yeah see oh my god is there a thing here <laughs> she's not an expert she doesn't no, no Hannah I walk every day <laughs> Um, but the reason between behind the exercise is that it actually has evidence to show that it reduces the frequency and the severity of flushes as well. Um, if you were a smoker, obviously, like it's it's good to stop. And that the reason bet- behind that is because it actually affects your estrogen levels, and so it's really important to to stop that. Then there's some really amazing evidence for lowering stress levels. And that's using things like mindfulness, yoga, breathing techniques, cognitive behavioral therapy. And the reason behind that, it actually helps you manage your emotional response to the hot flushes better. Linda does not meditate (laughs) and (laughs) never will. (laughs) I imagine though that like when you're starting to feel those like symptoms coming on, you probably also get anxious because you're like, oh my God, I'm sweating or like, you know, I feel like my back's wet Mm. or if you're in public, I guess you would probably get anxious about it. When you're out, that's right. That's why I carry my fan around now in my big bag so that especially in the old days when you could sit at a restaurant, I'd just whip it out and discreetly turn it on and it's a it's a quiet whir and it really don't know if I'd call it discreet but okay <laughs> Linda, I just feel like we're so similar I have a fan that go, connects yep. to my phone so it's got like a plug and you put it in your phone and it just like blows air on you I think I got it at the Australian Open well, one year it still works but when I'm having like a rosacea flare off my face is really hot I whip that out and I just sit there with my fan on me. Wow. Yes, if I've got that, my anxiety goes down mm. about feeling hot and also, yeah. you know, um, when you're sweating in front of people yeah. and I can feel it coming on my face. Yeah. Um, it's just good to have. So always pop that in the bag. Bunnings, guys. Shout out to Bunnings. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We'll try and find it on the Bunnings website. Um, send me the link, Linda, and we'll put it, okay. yeah, we'll put it in the episode. Pro- product awesome. you didn't know you needed, Linda. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's brilliant. I guess the other thing um, that people often talk about, because there are other things like um, alternative medicine, so supplements that people sometimes take for, for this because they're worried about HRT. 
it's interesting because there's very, very little good evidence for any of the alternative medicines. And as a GP, we're not opposed to you taking them. But when you do take them, we would like you to see us because some of them, like, for example, black cohort, which commonly is referred to as something that could be taken, that can interact with your liver and cause liver disease. And so things like that, if you are going to take it, please see your GP. The only thing that they've got some evidence for, and it is minimal, are things like isoflavins or phytoestrogens. And those are things that you can find in some food products, but they are also over the counter. But the recommendation is that if you can't take HRT for whatever reason, you shouldn't take these either for the same reasons as if you can't take HRT. So I'd like people to feel a bit less scared about the concept of HRT. Have a good chat with your GP. Check out the Australasian Menopause Society website for so much helpful, easy to read information. And if you're thinking about sort of starting HRT or having a chat about it, it's worth getting a double appointment with your GP because it's a lot to get through. Mm -hmm. Good tips as always, Dr. Lucinda. Thank you so much for joining us. And Linda, thank you for all of your insight. Thanks, Linda. We've a lot to look forward to, obviously. (laughs) I'm going to send that fan link now. (laughs) So our guest today is joining us from our new bite-sized beauty series, Dermal Diaries. Welcome to the podcast, Yads. Hello, everyone. We only had you on recently. I can't remember what we talked about when we had you on last time. Can you remember? No idea. It was post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Oh, that's, right. that's right. <laughs> you, you do so many podcasts. I know. I forget who we've interviewed for what. Um, so today we're going to be talking about cleansers, keeping it pretty basic. Um, so let's start off with why is cleansing so important? All right. So I do want to keep this simple, but I or cleansing is one of my favorite steps in my routine. And I think that a lot of people think of cleansing as like the ugly stepsister in their skincare mm-hmm. routine. It's not that exciting. It's not that sexy. Everyone focuses on the actives and their retinols, but all of those ingredients aren't going to be working properly if you're not cleansing properly. And a lot of the issues, skin issues that I see pop up in clinic are because people aren't cleansing properly or they're using the wrong cleanser for their skin type. Mm -hmm. So basically you need to be removing your makeup at the end of the day, your makeup and your SPF. It is super important to be taking that off. But also if you're not removing that properly, when you're applying your serums or you're applying your moisturizer on top of that, it's just going to be contributing to other issues like acne and, uh, dullness and your skin's just going to look not as healthy. Mm. I love a good cleanse. I could never go to bed in my mouth. I used to do it all the time when I was like 17, 18, and I'd just get into bed with a full face of makeup on. I don't know. I could never do that. You couldn't pay me enough money to do that. Remember when you didn't, when you were younger, you didn't like, you got drunk, you didn't brush your teeth and you didn't take your makeup off and you'd wake up the next morning and you're like, your breath and your face. Oh my God, that was the worst. (laughs) But I feel, I feel like your skin kind of recovers a lot better when you're younger too. Like if I tried to do that now, I definitely, I would, would look haggard. Whereas in your twenties, you'd go you'd go out, have a massive night, go to sleep in your makeup, somehow make it to work the next day. Yeah. What? (laughs) It's very different (laughs) as you age, which is why I always say, you know, instilling these good skincare habits when you're young is really, really important. Mm. And what's the um proper way to do a double cleanse? Okay. So double cleansing obviously has gotten super popular. 
uh, there's no guideline to how to double cleanse properly. You, the best way to do it is obviously with an oil or a balm first. You apply that to dry skin, emulsify that. That's going to remove your makeup. Oils and balms are really great at removing your makeup properly. And then you follow that with a cleanser, you know, tailored to your skin type. Now, when I'm talking about cleansing, we need to be cleansing for long enough so that our makeup actually comes off. So even when we're putting that oil or a balm on our skin, we need to be kind of rubbing it in and making sure that our makeup is coming off for at least a minute, I would say, um, which might seem like a long time. But, you know, when you think about we're cleaning our face, we want to make sure that it's clean before we apply our serums in the same way, you know, we're not going to brush our teeth for two seconds Mm. or we're not going to cleanse our face for three seconds. You know, we need to make sure that we're removing our makeup. And when we're following with the second cleanse, we want to make sure that it's one that's appropriate for our skin type and that it works well with the rest of the routine. You know, something that I always see in clinic is that people don't realize that a lot of cleansers now because there's actives everywhere they're going in with an active serum after cleansing with like a you know 10 to 15 percent glycolic acid cleanser and it's so much for some Mm. skin types so we really need to pay attention to the cleansers that we're using make sure that they're correct ones for our skin type make sure that they're the correct ones for our skin concerns and that they work with the rest of our routine which is why it's such an important step you know it's also like one of the products in that make up the foundation of a basic skincare routine so we want to make sure that we've got that we're nailing the cleansing step because it's such a fundamental part of like our whole routine. Mm, 100%. And speaking of skin types, what type of cleanser is most suited to each skin type? So this is a little bit hard to answer generically, but, um, you know, an oil or a balm does work really well with most skin types. I'd say if you're, you know, acne prone or oily prone, just be careful that you're actually removing that oil cleanser because a lot of them leave a bit of a residue on the skin. Yeah. So if you're not removing that, that's going to clog your pores and it's going to lead to more breakouts and more acne. So just be mindful of that. You can double cleanse with one cleanser. So if you find that you you just your skin isn't working with, you know, whatever oil cleanser you've tried, you can double cleanse with one cleanser. It's fine as long as it's formulated well and it's removing your makeup. Something I always tell my clients is make sure that when when you're drying your face, use a white towel. If there's still makeup on that towel, you're not cleansing your face properly or the mm. the cleanser that you're using isn't formulated well or correctly um, for you. So I am over 30 now and I love a cream cleanser. I think cream cleansers are really great as you kind of get into that more mature age category. There are sensitive skin, rosacea skin types are also really great. Cream cleansers will work really well for you. Gels um, are generally better for normal combo skin types. Most skin types, you know, if you, if you have a really gentle gel cleanser, they should work like pretty well for, for a lot of people. Um, foaming cleansers aren't bad. A lot of them now are, are formulated quite well. Again, if you have clogged pores or acne, using a, a gentle foaming cleanser that has, you know, a little bit of a salicylic acid component to it is going to work really well on your skin as long as you don't overdo it and then go in with, you know, your, your active serums as well Mm -hmm. guys can I just quickly say uh, sorry I just muted and put my video off there was a delivery guy I ran so quickly that I fell (laughs) 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 I was trying to be so quick she left your camera on I I, like slid and fell on my (laughs) ass on the floor (laughs) Matthew leave that in (laughs) 
What can you think the wrong cleanser do to the skin? Well, it, well, if you are, let's say, a sensitive or rosacea skin type and you're using something that is stripping the skin, that's obviously going to le- lead to increased sensitivity and irritation. So using a cleanser that's formulated a gentle cleanser for your skin type and formulated so that it doesn't strip your skin is going to be beneficial. If you're not like cleaning your face properly with your cleanser, you're going to get uh, more breakouts. You're going to get your, your skin's not going to look as healthy or as vibrant. You know, when you haven't cleansed properly, your skin just looks a little bit dull or any type of issue basically can be linked back to not cleansing properly. I also find that people don't tend to cleanse right up to their hairline so mm. when we put makeup on, we're obviously putting it all over our face. But when we cleanse, sometimes a, if you do it in the shower or you're doing it quickly, you're not really cleansing right up to the hairline. And that's where um, a lot of breakouts commonly happen. So, mm. um, yeah, if you keep breaking out and your skincare doesn't feel like it's working, your skin doesn't look healthy and glowy in any way, it could be linked back to the cleanser that you're using. It might not be the best one for you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, the queen of skincare, Caroline Hiren, says that uh, wipes are for fannies, festivals and flights only. So tell us why shouldn't you use a makeup wipe as a cleanser? I think a lot of people are still doing this. Some people reply to stories that I put up about wipes and they're like, why shouldn't I use wipes? I'm like, where have you been? They don't really (laughs) clean the skin properly. Um, Mm. They mostly just smear around whatever makeup, dirt, you know, pollution is hanging on your face. A lot of people also rub at their skin with makeup wipes. So that's not going to be doing your skin any favours either. But if you're not removing your makeup at the end of the day, if you're just using a wipe and then going to bed and then reapplying your makeup on your SPF the next day, it's just going to lead to irritated skin. The only time that I'd ever recommend a makeup wipe would be, you know, if you are, you know, I've been, I was thinking back to when I was younger and I used to do treks and things like that and there's no running water. Um, mm. in, in countries, in certain countries. I use Femme Fresh wipes for face and fanny. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about the Femme Fresh on the face. Well, no, listen, hear, hear my um, reasoning. So anything that you're using on your vagina is like pH balanced and very gentle. So that's yeah. my the reason that I think that it would be fine for your face. <laughs> Can't take two sets of wipes on a high. Yeah. My cellar water would be great as well in that instance. You know, you could bring a bottle of micellar. I probably would prefer that, you know, with some cotton pad, round cotton pads and, and use that if you're stuck in the middle of nowhere. Mm. But, yeah, so really emergency situations. They're not going to cleanse your skin properly. We need to be using proper cleansers to remove <laughs> our makeup because that's what's going to get our skin yeah. clean. It's an emer- it's for mm-hmm. sure an emergency situation. Yeah. Like you're carrying everything on your back for three days. Yeah. Yeah. So do you need to buy an expensive cleanser or, or are more affordable ones going to do the same thing? No, you don't need to buy an expensive cleanser. I think with the cleansing step, it, this is the one step in your skincare routine where there are some really great budget cleansers in the market mm. that you can use. Some people don't like to use a thousand different products in their routine or they don't have the time or they can't be bothered. Um, you can just buy one really effective cleanser, double cleanse with that at the end of the day. If it removes your makeup well, as well as using that as a as a morning cleanser as well. There's so many budget-friendly options when it comes to cleansers. Of course, you can also go a little more high-end. Um, you know, there's lots of bougie op- options as well. It depends on your individual's concerns, the rest of the products in your routine, and, and of course, um, your budget. I also mm-hmm. reckon choose the cleanser that you're going to use every day, like sunscreen. 
Yeah. Because yeah. like I've got so many cleansers that I've tried that I'm like, I hate this and then I'm really lazy with it. Like I don't like the cleanser, so I become lazy yeah. with cleansing my skin. Like my sister, my sister will only buy ASAP gentle cleansing gel off your recommendation, Joe, because yeah. she <laughs> says she doesn't she doesn't like other cleansers and that's the one that she's going to use every day. Totally. And I think um, there's – because I've tried a few budget cleansers which, are, you know, are quite popular – and they're a bit boring to use and they don't give me that kind of like I love my skincare routine to kind of lift me up in a way at the end of the day and mm. if it doesn't really provide that kind of thing that you know how beauty just makes like doing your skincare routine should be fun as well mm. and some of these more budget cleansers I'm like oh it does the job but it's a bit boring mm. yeah yeah um, and what are your personal fave cleansers? So number one, it has to be the Ordinary Squalane Cleanser just because mm. it does everything. So you can, it's a very good bargain option. It's about $30 for the mega size, I think. And you can use it in the morning as an AM cleanse. It works for sensitive skin, rosacea skin, skin types. And you can also use it as a double cleanse at the end of the day. It's your first step or you can use it twice if you do have any budget concerns. If you want to go a bougier option for an oil, I definitely would try the cosmetics. I think it's Purity Solution. Mm, that's, that's a nice I one. I call that my Victoria Beckham cleanser because she, <laughs> yeah. she, apparently she uses it. But it's such a good cleanser and you can tell when – you're using a really well-formulated oil cleanser. All of your makeup comes off. I think it's about $60. La Roche-Posay do some really great options as well. The There's a, a Tolerane Dermo cleanser, I think it is. It's a cream. That, again, can be used for morning, night, and as your double cleanse, it removes your makeup really well. One of my favorite cream cleansers. I'm also really loving, as a cream cleanser, uh, Virtue. There's a, a new one that they've come out with. I've just started trying a, a bunch of Virtue products and I, I really, really love them. Skin Virtue? Yeah, Skin Virtue. So the Virtue Cream, it's yeah. called the Pure Nourish Cleanse. Uh, really great cleanser. Skin Institute Gentle Cleanse is probably a really great all-rounder. Again, it's a budget option. You can use it as a body mm -hmm. cleanser too. So you can use it on your face or on your body, like, you know, if that's your thing. And the Cosmetics Clarify Salicylic Acid, which is a foam, is really great for acne-prone skin. Um, or mm. anyone that's a little bit congested, or actually any of the cleansers by Cosmetics. They, all of them, every single one I've ever tried is is amazing. So Yeah, they do good cleansers, don't they? Bougie, yeah. but... Bougie, but yeah. they're just great, yeah. And in terms of um, where you should use your cleanser, a lot of people ask, like, should you not be cleansing in the shower? Mm. You know, what temperature should the water be? Can you walk us through the basics of that? Well, <laughs> before I became a mum, I would have said, you know, it's best to cleanse at the basin, You've got yeah. the time there. Realistically, I cleanse in the shower in the morning and at nighttime mm. it depends how wild my kids are and how much time I can be bothered in, to putting into my routine. As long as you cleanse and you – I'll do my oil outside of the shower and sometimes, you know, if I've, I've got three kids, you trying to cleanse and deal with them having – you know, it's like trying to take care of drunk people, you know. Mm. It's, you're <laughs> the sober friend out of everyone there. I've got like three little drunk people I'm trying to orchestrate into the shower and to get dressed and to do all those things. So, you know, do what you can as long as your makeup comes off properly mm. and use the white towel to dry your face because that way you can tell if you've still got makeup on your, your skin, you're not cleansing properly um, or mm -hmm. you need to find a better cleanser. Mm -hmm. mm. And you should be opting for lukewarm water where you can, right? Definitely, yeah. Never cleanse with hot water. Don't don't put your face in hot water when you're standing in the shower. I know everyone loves it. I love to do it too. It's probably mm. one of the the only skin sins that I am continuously. <laughs> like, yeah, is that's my skin sin. 
the hot water Same. in the shower. <laughs> yeah. It can be really dehydrating though. So um, definitely. And especially if you've got sensitive or, or skin or rosacea prone skin, you know, mm. it's going to um, dehydrate you a lot more. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Yads. If you want to hear more from James and Yads on Dermal Diaries, head over to Bite Sized Beauty and subscribe. Leave them a review. Give them a rating, you know. Um, they have done such an excellent job so far, loving all the content. So head over and listen to the show if you haven't already. Thanks, girls. All right, Hannah, what is your product you know you needed today? So I think everyone knows how much I love SkinCeuticals um, Flourishing CF, mm-hmm. which is basically the vitamin C sister of SkinCeuticals CE Ferulic, which most mm-hmm. listeners would be well aware of. It's one of our best-selling vitamin C products. Um, it's So Flourishing CF is more suitable for oily skin types like myself. But SkinCeuticals have got a new vitamin C um Great name, Silly Marin, CF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, that is also a vitamin C. So, CE ferulic would be basically that's vitamin C, vitamin E, and ferulic acid. Mm-hmm. This one is also vitamin C and ferulic acid, but it has silly marin and it's got salicylic acid in it. So your so, your CE ferulic is for like normal to dry skin types. And then they say the um, Floritin CF is for like your normal to combo skin types. And then your silly marin is for um, oily and congestion prone skin types. So this one's actually pretty perfect for me because I then don't have to like use a salicylic acid um, mm. because it's already got it formulated in there. So if you've got concerns, and and I get this question all the time on Instagram, what vitamin C can I use like like for breakouts? Because yeah. um, vitamin C is not always doesn't always play nicely with like breakout prone skin. Yeah. So this is the vitamin C for those people that are breakout prone. Price warning: uh, they are yeah. all two hundred and twenty eight dollars. <laughs> so. As soon as you hear SkinCeuticals, you should know. <laughs> you know, yeah. So I was talking to Linda the other day and she was like, yeah. "What? Uh, she wants a vitamin C. And I was like, honestly, I just feel like I have to recommend SkinCeuticals because mm. it's my favourite. I haven't used anything as good. I've used like – I personally haven't used something as good. I still do like to dabble in other vitamin Cs. And I think because I don't have pigment concerns, I don't – see as much of a reduction in like unevenness or pigment. Um, But if you do have pigmentation concerns or you have melasma concerns, absolutely this is the gold standard. And SkinCeuticals did pioneer vitamin C skincare. So um, they do know their shit about vitamin C. If you can afford it, do give it a go just to know what the fuss is about. But obviously it is not in the average person's budget. Yeah. It is very, very expensive. I did want to say with what's in it. So it's got the 15% L-ascorbic acid. So that's mm-hmm. basically a highly potent and pure form of vitamin C, which helps to neutralize free radicals. So that's really like the anti-aging side of things and mm. also for things like pigmentation and sun damage. It's got silly marin. So that's a derivative of milk thistle um, to help prevent oil oxidation, but also has antioxidant protection. It's got ferulic acid. um, That's also an antioxidant. And that actually helps with the stability of the vitamin C, Mm. but it's also a free radical neutralizer. And then it's also got 0.5% salicylic acid. So salicylic acid helps to exfoliate the skin, but also exfoliate the walls of the pores, which helps to refine them. It also helps to clear away excess oil. And it also helps with reducing the formation of 
blemishes and pimples. Mm-hmm. So all round, it's like those ingredients are great if you've got breakout prone skin. Absolutely. So yeah, what is on your list today, Joe? Um, so mine is a bit random because I have not really been wearing makeup, but for some reason, every day last week I wore makeup. Like I had something wow. on where I had to have makeup on for it. And so I've been using this new Lancome concealer, which I did mention in my makeup bag video over on YouTube. So if you haven't seen that yet, head over there. Megan and I went through my makeup bag. So this is the Lancome uh, Tontadol Ultra Wear All Over Concealer. I've got the shade 250 or 025, depending on where you're buying it. I think that depends on the area you're in. Um, so the shade is Bisque Warm. Uh, it is the perfect shade for me. It blends in so well to my skin. I just mm. feel like I couldn't get a better shade than that in a concealer. Um, so this is quite unusual for me because it's a medium to full coverage and a matte finish. So normally those terms I would completely avoid in a complexion product. Mm. But Megan got this um, concealer as well as a sample and she was like, you need to try it. You'll love it. So I did. I started using it and she's right. I do love it. Gives me the perfect amount of coverage. It doesn't look cakey or heavy. Like I'm, it doesn't look like I'm wearing a mask, which I think wearing a lot of concealer sometimes can look like you're just wearing a mask. So um, it's got really good coverage. Shade is great for me. They do have quite a few shades in the range and it's a long wearing um, concealer as well. So I find that it does stay on my skin, even if I'm a little bit sweaty because I've been wearing my makeup and this is bad, but wearing my makeup when I've been going for walks because I can't be bothered taking it off and then like, you know, doing all of my sunscreen and everything again. I know, but I just, I'm so lazy this lockdown. I just can't be bothered. Um, Mm. So yeah, it's, it's quite hydrating. I don't find it like drying at all. Definitely doesn't um, bunch up under the eyes or anything for me. So, yeah, really, really liking it. Very nice. It's the one that you can use all over your face. Yeah, so it's called an all-over concealer. So you could use it as a foundation. I mean, you can use any concealer as a foundation if you want mm. to. But I probably wouldn't use this one as a foundation because it's a bit lighter than what I would use as a foundation. Okay. I am really enjoying it. So I think that's going to be a staple. It's 58 bucks though. So I would actually highly recommend everyone listening. Joe and I have both done full glam looks in this lockdown. So if you're currently Mm. in lockdown, I, how about you guys go away tonight or tomorrow and get full glam and can you post it to Instagram and tag us? I would love to see that. Please. Oh my God, do that. Put it on your stories. You don't need to post it to feed. If you don't want to, um, but do you can do that also. But yeah, tag us, um, and maybe we'll do. Maybe we should start a hashtag. Full glam. What about like beauty IQ lockdown? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, guys, use the hashtag and tag us, or just tag us, whatever. And like, go full glam. Like I did false eyelashes. Mm-hmm. I did like a really dark brown like lip. It yeah, it actually just improved my mood so much. And then I also think if like put it on the feed and make it a thirst trap. Like yes. go all, like Joe and I 100%. have both done that. We both yeah. did that. <laughs> yeah, we both. And my first response to Joe was, how many, how many guys did you DM as it always is? <laughs> Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.